You're listening to What She Said, a podcast for bloggers and creatives hosted by me, Lucy Sharif, a freelance journalist living in London. Each week, I interview different women in blogging and the online world, getting their best blogging tips and advice, and a little bit of gossip too. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to series two of What She Said. I'm so excited to be back and Happy New Year. Um, In this week's episode, I'm kicking off with a returning guest, Monica Stott from The Travel Hack, who was the most popular episode of series one. Um, We are diving into the topic of how to make money blogging and how to make money online. Um, So it's a really, really good one if you are dipping your toes into wondering how on earth you're going to make a living. Maybe you're blogging part-time and you want to know how you can do it full-time. Monica's got some really awesome tips. um, And there's no, there's basically no kind of BS with her. Like we, we will tell you the hard things and she gives, she gives it to us straight. (laughs) I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Monica. Hi, Lucy. How are you? (laughs) I'm good, thanks. We just did a a really fake... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Hello, because okay. we've already been chatting. <laughs> Thank you so much for agreeing to come back for this series. Um, as I was just saying, yours was the most popular episode of epi- uh, of series yeah. one. And if anyone wants to get to know you better, they can go to a three. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but do you want to just briefly introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your blogging journey for anyone who doesn't know who you are? Yeah, so I'll keep this this one short um, and just give like a brief overview. So um, I started blogging in 2009 because uh, I wanted to be a travel journalist and I went traveling um, and I basically thought that starting a blog would be kind of like a good portfolio for me really for when I came home and um, and yeah, started applying for jobs. So that was it really. That's how I started blogging. Um, I then came home from traveling. I studied journalism. Um, I worked for a travel startup as an assistant editor. And then I started working in social media management for a travel, um, a travel agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, and then, uh, it was about four or five years ago now I started travel blogging full time. Um, and haven't looked back. It's been amazing. <laughs> so one of the questions that I get asked a lot and I see kind of popping up all over the place online and is how do you actually make money travel blogging? And I always refer people to you because you're a really, really good example of someone who has actually, you are completely, you're a full time travel blogger. Um, and I think people think, there's like secrets and shortcuts and and all these kind of dark you know dark arts to travel yeah. and how to do it full time um but what would you so, yeah yeah definitely no I, I agree I think I think a lot of I think a lot of bloggers pretend that there's secrets to it as well and that there's <laughs> yeah. there's some kind of hidden thing that no one knows and oh if you if you give me this and this and this I'll tell you all the secrets yeah. but it's not really like that it's it's not that easy really just to sort of share um share just like this hidden secret that people mm. don't know about it it's basically just a lot of a lot of hard work and I think as well one thing that people quite often say is oh it's not about how many readers you have it's about how engaged your readers are 
and yeah, it is. It's obviously about having really engaged readers who follow everything you do and really enjoy your writing style. But it is about how many people mm. are reading your blog. It yeah. is about having those high page views. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think people quite often sort of pretend that, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you don't have too many followers, but it does. I think that's a really, really good point, actually, because while, like, while we're not saying, or I don't want to speak for you, but I know you're not saying you need to have a set number you need to have like the bar is 200,000 a month if you've got <laughs> if you've got like five people on your blog each month yeah and they're all commenting it doesn't it, that isn't valuable yeah exactly yeah. I think brands want to work with you um or advertise or you know whoever want to work with you when you when they know you're reaching enough people mm. to kind of justify the cost of working with you and if they're going to pay you, say, £500 to, to work on something, they need to know they're going to get £500 worth of value back. Yeah. And it's it's hard to put, uh, like to say what that value is. Um, it's a bit of a case by case, would you say, depending on... Because, so, to interject now, I um, have done Monica's course, the blogger course, <laughs> and it's yeah. and we talked about it in quite a few of the episodes of series one so you if you're a fan of podcasts you'll be familiar with it it's so 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 good i couldn't recommend it highly enough like a proper it's a good call it's not one of those follow this this and this and your practical common sense advice yeah it's quite a chunky course there's a lot in there but like i said there's there's no like quick secret i've just kind of put everything in there that i know which is brilliant. Yeah. It's so good. But one of the things that you talk about is offering value to yeah. um, anyone that you work with. Into, so and and even though that's so simple and should be common sense, that was a bit of a game changer for me. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. So when I'm thinking about my rates, especially when it comes to people approaching you for a sponsored post or approaching you for a press trip or whatever, I I don't have to feel bad if I know I'm offering them value. You don't have yeah. to feel like you're a blagger unless you're being cheeky a bit well yeah yeah and that's a really nice thing when you know that what you're doing is providing value it just makes you feel good about what you're doing and it makes you feel like yes I should be here and I should be charging this amount Mm -hmm. and I'm going to work really hard on this because I'm getting paid well for it and I know that this is going to provide some value for the brand I'm working with to go back to I'd really like to come back to this point a bit later and talk about the tips for working out how you're giving someone value but to go back to how you can make money blogging what would you say the main threads running through all full-time travel bloggers income um I'd say um it's it's working with brands mm. is probably the big one for most people um and but that's a hard one to say as well though because it can it can be anything yeah. it really can um it can be something really small like um so like recently so some of the things I'm working on is um I'm working with a tea company so it's just kind of talking it's brand awareness around their new tea Mm -hmm. and that's just a tiny little thing but then a bigger one could be like a huge holiday that I've just done with Jet2 Holidays and working with brands can it can be yeah it can be anything tiny or anything huge but I think that's the main one for bloggers and it's one of those where once you've done it a few times, the ball starts rolling yeah. and you get offered more and more opportunities. But I just think that you have to, even with the tiny things, you have to treat it in exactly the same way as the big things yeah. because you never know where they're going to lead. 
um, it could just start off as one little, a one night stay in a local hotel. And then they might say, oh, well, can we do this, a bigger project next month? And oh, and the month after, can we do a bigger project? Oh no, actually next year, can we do a huge project? So I think if you put everything into every single tiny project you do and make sure you do everything really well it can lead to anything that's another really good tip and something that I've taken away like I can literally say and this is not going to be one big <laughs> loving on your blog of course but it might be but since I'm fine I've done with that. It, <laughs> the two so I worked on two projects quite quickly after um, doing your course mm-hmm. and I was super excited because I was like okay I'm going to put into practice everything Monica's told me and everything I've learned and on both occasions I basically made the money back that I paid for the course because oh, the, I got testimonials for both of these people and they wanted to work with me again that yeah. never happened before because I think it's not it's not like I I did things half-assed but I just in a sense I probably did I definitely didn't do them as well as I could have done and I didn't approach things yeah. with the confidence of okay this is my full-time job even though it's not my full I didn't do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I-, I totally know what you mean. I think though, I'm not saying that you did this, um, but I think there's sort of a feeling of of when bloggers go on press trips, particularly feeling like it's their right to be there, yes. and and you know they've been invited there, so they're the ones who should be looked after and should be treated well. When actually, kind of, it's the other way around. Like when you're invited to do something, you should be like, "Oh, I'm going to give this everything. I'm going to give it a hundred percent." But when you're on a press trip, you're there with other well, bloggers who are very much like, "Oh, I'm just going to do the bare minimum," mm. or "Oh, I've only been asked for one Instagram post, so that's all I'm going to do." Yeah. That kind of thing. And yeah, that is all you need to do if that's all they've asked for. But people aren't going to want to work with you again if you're just doing the bare minimum. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's, and it, it does seem really simple. And I think it, you're right. It is really easy. Just do what everybody else is doing and not yeah. see it. You know, the kind of way I approach things now is to be the swatty girl, to be yeah. the girl. I'm not there to make friends with people. I'm there to impress yeah. the brand. Like I, I, yeah. don't, I don't really care if other people think that I'm the loser going back to my hotel, work hard, whatever. You know, I haven't been in the situation yet where I've been working people who are doing the bare minimum, but yeah oh, I I was, yeah I can imagine yeah. yeah but in a way it makes me want to work harder yeah when I see someone doing the bare minimum and I think oh god you're just you're making yourself look awful and it's funny because when I was at school and stuff I was not the swatty girl at all <laughs> but I think it's just because I love what I do so much now and actually I'm I'm rarely the one going to bed early but I'm always the one up first working <laughs> and I, it just makes a difference it really makes a difference yeah I think it does and treating things like your professional yeah Even yeah yeah you feel like you you give yourself yeah. permission to it like you're a full-time blogger I think just that shift in attitude I mean that that's changed things completely um for the people because there are a lot of people who listen to the podcast that um aren't travel blog. Uh-huh. so for people who don't work because I'm quite guilty of always talking about the way that I've worked with brands previously of travel stuff but <clears throat> the way I see some of my blog coaching clients work with brands is quite different so things like Instagram posts and uh, sponsored posts I think is probably quite a big one especially when you're getting yeah. started do you have any tips for those types of brand collaboration um, once again, I would just say just 100% give it your all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd also say as well, it's worth tagging on a little bit of extra budget um, to pay for something like a professional photographer or to take into account 
that it might take you two days to write the sponsor post. So back in the day when I was offered a sponsor post, uh, because I come from a journalism background and a lot of my training for this, for the course I did and for journalism was writing very quickly. Mm. So I'm really lucky now that I can write very quickly. So if I'm writing a sponsor post, it can take me half an hour. So, you know, if someone says, oh, can you write me a sponsor post? Be like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll whack it out tonight. Just, you know, and I'll get it done. And in a way, it was kind of good because I could get a lot of work done very quickly, but it's not a good way of looking at it. So now when someone asks me to write a sponsor post, I don't just whack it out and I'll get back to them and come back, come up with a plan. And sometimes it'll involve a whole weekend away. Sometimes it'll, it'll involve a couple of days work. And it's not about just writing something and getting their link in and just mentioning their brand. It's about like actually using that brand and writing about it in a really genuine, authentic way. And then producing content that's like the highest content I can possibly do. So sometimes that means having a professional photographer come with me and do something. Sometimes it means kind of like taking the family away for a whole weekend. It might mean working with other brands. So, for example, say if I'm asked to do a sponsor post for a coat, I might then get in touch with a holiday company and be like, well, I it would be best really if I reviewed this this coat on a holiday. There's no point just taking a picture in the back garden. Mm. And doing it properly, I think that's all it comes down to, just doing everything properly Mm. and thinking about your readers and what they're going to enjoy reading. And in terms of like, you know, that's a really good tip, like turn it into something much bigger that's going to be way more valuable. But do you pass that cost on to the brand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I put the the fee up for sponsor posts. Um, Yeah, so I suppose you've got to be in a position really where they are prepared to pay that amount. But a lot of the time I've found if I say, oh, here's a basic sponsor post, this is going to be simple, bog standard. And sometimes they do want that. But then I'll say, well, actually, if you pay just a couple of hundred pounds more, it's going to be something bigger and it's going to be something more meaningful and it's going to be much more valuable. And most of the time they will go for the bigger package. So as part of that, I usually need to add in a bit more social media and obviously if you're going to be getting a professional photographer to help you you can get so many more instagram shots out of that as well yeah so you can provide a lot more content and make it more valuable for everyone it's kind of about selling it isn't it it's another thing that you chat about it's kind of always upselling and that's something that i never thought to do before so if for anyone out there who isn't on a press release lists or whatever get yourself on them and then when somebody comes to you with a bog standard press release the majority of people do not reply to you know straight into the bin a tip that you gave which is really good is to go back and perhaps upsell yeah like no I can't come to this hotel open but how about I you know or whatever write about it or yeah definitely on something yeah it's pre- uh, press releases are the most undervalued thing that bloggers get and I it really annoys me when I see bloggers moaning oh I've had another press release mm. But like, this is really the only way a PR can get in touch with a lot of people in one go. They're, they're not going to reach out to every single blogger individually <laughs> and say, how would you like to work together? <laughs> they, they just don't have the time. They don't have the resources. But if a couple of bloggers get back to them and say, actually, this is really interesting. I, I would really be interested in working together on something. You know, a lot of the time they, they do want to because if they're sending out a press release, they want to promote something. And if you can help them promote it, then yeah you're in for a winner (laughs) but how would you so how initially how do you get on these lists because I uh, you know once you're on them you're on them yeah 
Uh, to be honest, I don't really know. I think I feel like <laughs> I'm on the mall. I've got no idea. I think you can sign up to sort of media platforms. Yeah. Gorkana, yeah. Um, sponsors and people like that is helpful. And I've, I've said to clients in the past, if you know the P, if you know who the PR is behind a brand that you're working with, and, and often that's pretty defined, um, yeah. then just email them and say, please, can you add me to your mail? Yeah, and yeah, definitely. And it just feel like, yeah, once you're on one list, you seem to end up on them all. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I snowball out of control. <laughs> yeah, I think it's all just about networking and getting out there, getting to events, you know, talking on Twitter, getting on Twitter lists. It's just about being really active and sociable. Yeah. Which, and the sociable thing, I think it goes against a lot of bloggers' natures. Because yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of bloggers are quite introverted. Yeah. But yeah, you've got to get out there. How do you do it when you're introverted? I'm I'm terrible for networking. I'm not very good at it. I don't really love going. In fact, I pretty much hate going to events. I love it when I'm there, but I it just goes against my natural. Desire. Yeah. But at the same time, you've, yeah, you've just got to go. I live in London, there? so I'm very yeah. very lucky that I have that opportunity. Definitely. Yeah. Well, that's how 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 I kind of started when I moved to London. I didn't have any money, so instead of going out, I used to go to networking events because it was free booze. Um, so yeah, but I, I, I'm not really a kind of traditional introvert because I'm, I'm confident enough to go and chat to people. I actually really like that first moment when you first meet someone. I really like that. Um, but yeah, I just find it exhausting if I do it all the time. Yes, yeah. I think you have to build in buffer time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah quiet time. <laughs> but actually, yeah, networking has come up as a top tip for yeah. um, in for a lot of people said that. That's kind of game changed their blog. Yeah. Um one of the other ways that I think is quite a good can be a really good way to make money is through affiliate uh-huh. links. Definitely, Could you yeah. Talk a little bit about that, please. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's something that it took me ages to start working on affiliates. I think the first time I, I kind of used affiliates, I earned about a penny in <laughs> about three months. And I thought, God, what's the point in this? This is too much effort. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, then I think it was a bit of a game changer. Um, I've spoken about this before. I had a backpack review. And it wasn't even a particularly well-known backpack, but that must have meant I was probably the only blogger who'd written a review for a back- this backpack, this particular mm. one. So it didn't get loads of traffic, but um, it led to a lot of sales on Amazon. Um, so I was earning quite a decent amount through um, through Amazon affiliates. And then that, that's when I thought, oh, I'm onto something here. Um, and that's another thing about doing things properly. You know, um, like most bloggers are quite often um, sent products to review yeah. and they think, oh, well, I don't need to write a full review. I'll just mention it somewhere. I'll put it on Instagram stories, whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Um, and reviews aren't always the most interesting things to write. But if you write reviews, that's what can lead to affiliate sales. Mm. Because say if someone wants to buy something, let's say they've been researching a backpack for a while and they found the one, they think it's the one, but they just want a little bit of reassurance. They just want someone to tell them, yeah, that's that's the one you need to buy. So they'll Google it, they'll Google a review, they'll stumble across the bloggers review that says, yes, this is awesome. And then they'll think, oh yeah, okay, no, I definitely want to buy it. So you're basically just like the final step to sort of pushing someone in to buy it. And I'm not saying that you should give something a positive review if you didn't love it. But if you did genuinely love something, you can be kind of like that friend saying, yeah, this is good. I think you should get it. And you're the final step to buying it. So you should get the affiliate sale. And people trust bloggers way more than they trust anything else. There's all there's so many stats out there that say people trust bloggers. People yeah. trust their opinion. Yeah, I think bloggers are kind of like 
we're like the friends people don't have mm. for for sort of certain topics. Mm-hmm. So say if somebody is interested in beauty but doesn't really have any friends who can sort of either share that passion or are more knowledgeable than them. A blogger is like that friend that you really wish you had and could turn to for advice. Um, we're not like a brand trying to sell something. We're normal human people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, yeah, that's the, the tone that bloggers should try and keep, just be that normal, friendly person. Yeah. So in terms of, if, do you, I, I mean, I earn pennies from Amazon Associates, but then I, but I've signed up to loads of diffs as well. Skimlinks is great. Yeah. And I 100% recommend Skimlinks if you're not really sure where to start. So Skimlinks is one where it basically turns any link you've got into an affiliate link or almost any anyway. So any product you've ever mentioned, it will turn it into an affiliate. Mm-hmm. Um, so the commission that you get is much lower than it would be if you'd signed up um, to an individual program. But it helps you understand what is selling through your blog and what's doing well. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I have a lot of TripAdvisor links on my blog and I had never ever thought to put those into affiliate links but people are they might read um say I've mentioned a restaurant and I've linked to the TripAdvisor thing and then they might go through TripAdvisor and maybe book a tour or a hotel or book something through TripAdvisor and then I get the commission on that. TripAdvisor is a funny one as well because I've I've had the same thing I've got loads of random TripAdvisor links throughout the site Mm -hmm. and when I signed up to Skimlink I made I don't know it was something like two pounds yeah where's that and that's come from TripAdvisor yeah but um there are I think they're they're like a partner so you get a slightly higher commission as well through Uh. a few partners on Skimlinks there was another one where I saw that the no one had actually clicked through it so it was a bit upsetting (laughs) but it was like a 15% commission I was like oh amazing so I think the majority yeah it's a really low commission but because it's every single external link on your site you can buy something through suddenly turn yeah. into an affiliate it's great skim yeah. is really really great yeah and if you notice particular ones doing well you can then sign up to the specific affiliate program oh, to earn a higher commission yes. that's such a good tip i never thought of yeah doing that. yeah so i had it with ba as well like i didn't think anyone would book ba flights after reading my blog um but i had someone once book it was like about six thousand pounds worth of flights yeah that's the dream isn't it for people to yeah buy flights. <laughs> yeah that's the absolute dream um and someone did it and used my skim links link oh. um so actually the commission i ended up getting wasn't that huge but it, i mean it was a decent amount yeah because for, yeah because it's such a high price point it doesn't matter if the commission's quite low like you're still yeah. gonna get something decent yeah um and there's there's kind of like more niche things like is it shop style? Yes, shop style is quite a good one for clothing. Mm. Um, I think there's reward style as well, which is similar. Um, so they're all good ones. And the good thing about shop style is you get paid on the click throughs, not the actual purchases. You get extra for if someone purchases, um, but you do get a small amount for each click. Yeah, that's great. If you've got yeah. packing list posts, I've got a stack of packing list posts with, uh, that actually do really really well. Um, yeah. So stuff like that is, even, I suppose, even if you're not doing a full on review, you can, um, yeah. although doing those are great, you can go back and relevant posts or and put affiliates in. And, yeah. you should, and I think there's, I don't know if you feel this, but I feel like there's a bit of a, I don't know, snobbery about using affiliate. Like, I don't know. I feel like normal readers don't care. No. Really don't care. But other bloggers do care. Yes. Yes. And, I uh, and I think we always say like, you don't write for bloggers you write for readers mm. 
So I think you've just got to think that. And I think it's quite handy as well if you've got a small group of friends that you trust who aren't bloggers to be able to chat to them about your blog because they'll give you such different advice and different thoughts on what your blogger friends will give you. That's a really good tip. Yeah, That's a really so, good tip, actually. I never thought to do that. Yeah. So my like, normal friends who aren't bloggers um, have got no idea. They read blogs, mm-hmm. um, but they've got no idea how it works. So, yeah, the conversations I have with them are just completely different. And the things that worry me, they're like, what? I'd never even think of that. And they really? don't know about things like Instagram algorithms and yeah, things true. like that. They, you know, so the things that get us down as bloggers don't affect readers so it's no there's no point kind of getting weighed down by it and actually conversely probably some of the things that maybe we don't think about could affect our normal reader user experience yeah definitely yeah that's definitely true yeah that's worth thinking about as well so yeah so if you've got friends who aren't bloggers definitely try and pin them down for a, a chat about your blog that's a really good idea like a little focus group yeah, yeah. you can always bribe them with cake and tea and yeah, stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, fancy a bottle of wine this tuesday <laughs> i just want to chat to you about something <laughs> um something that i've been thinking about doing well so I'm going to lead into, not very subtly, a chat about niche. Okay. <laughs> Which oh, I think I've become known for like... <laughs> the anti-niche. <laughs> the anti-niche. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to write about it soon because I really, I think I do have a niche. <laughs> you definitely have a niche. Everybody does, <laughs> right? <laughs> and yeah. it's so silly. I must stop talking about niche like it's a terrible thing because, um, yes, well, you talk about it much better than I do. Um, but... So something I've been thinking about is kind of uh, honing the stuff that I write about for the people that want to read it and writing more more of what people want to read, essentially, which is all coming down to my niche. And I was thinking about doing a reader survey. Mm -hmm. And I know that's something you recommend. Oh, yes. How do you go about doing it? How do you literally, in terms of practically, what are the sort of questions you ask so that you don't get back a really, really broad answer? <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. So yeah, I 100% recommend doing a reader survey. And I think a lot of people are put off because they're scared not many people mm. are going to answer it. But first of all, no one can see how many people are replying to it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But second of all, even if you only have five people respond that's still really valuable, even if one's your mum and one's your dad. It's, <laughs> it's really valuable just to get an honest opinion. Um, so I've always done mine through Google Forms, mm-hmm. which is dead easy, dead simple. Um, and my main tip would be um, to not, when you're asking a question, not allow people to give too many answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've done it before and I said, um, when you travel, what are you interested in? And I put a few things like uh, family travel, cultural, food, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I left it open for people to tick as many boxes as they want. And everyone just ticked every single box. <laughs> so for me, that didn't help me because everyone's interested in food and you know all this, this kind of stuff. So yeah. yeah, that wasn't helpful. So you try and make sure that people just narrow things down to one thing. And I know obviously sometimes people are interested in lots of different things and that's fine. But um, it helps you focus a bit more when you know what their main interest is. Um, and so yeah, would I, you, Sorry to interrupt. So would you start by kind of getting to know your your site really, really well and then like dig into your Google Analytics and have a bit of an idea? Because at the moment, I've got a bit of an idea. I know what people like reading. I've, I know what my top 10 posts are. I know what my top 10 commented posts are. And I, I really know my Instagram audience. So I feel like I can tailor my question towards 
like narrowing down what I already know if that makes sense yeah 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 I think that's that is a good idea um I think you'd have to be careful not to lead people mm. into answering things <laughs> if it, like say yeah. if you think they're a certain type of person you can ask certain questions that make them answer in a certain way yeah. I think you've got to leave things quite open um, but yeah, I think basically just, I think the first one I ever did, I Googled something like blogger survey and I just found lots of other bloggers who'd done surveys before. This and, is one uh, of the things that I love about you as well is that you, like, you really have a really good way of being like, this is it's, it's kind of basically telling us the most simple thing that we should all know how to do. Like, I feel like we all really overcomplicate things. You just, googled blogger survey i would not necessarily <laughs> yeah. think to do that or tell people to do that, that... basically my answer <laughs> to anything anything you ever want to do or know just google it, <laughs> I'm do it everything. me too yeah but it's so simple i feel like we can all like tie ourselves in knots about oh how should i do this or how should i do that but yeah. what i've learned from your course is just google it just google it yeah, yeah. No, but it's not always down to just google it i promise you it's yeah. not like a million chapters <laughs> yeah. how do i do this just google it yeah. no no it's like yeah i think well we said this before we started chatting properly here that um everything is much simpler basically it's simple but it's it's about putting a lot of time and effort mm. into things in but yeah everything it's not it's not rocket science it's just about putting the effort in and yeah. um, yeah it's not too difficult uh, so yeah I, I think that is that is the main takeaway that everyone should have if they want to become a full-time blogger yeah it's not rocket science but at the same time you have to work really hard yeah if you can yeah. do that then and if you're if you want if you have like the oomph behind you to do that then but that you know not everyone will sit I guess it's no probably another thing to say I, I do think it comes down to the passion for it. Mm. Um, I can tell when people sign up to the blogger course, I can tell straight away who has got the passion, who's actually going to put the hard work in mm. and who's going to try and do the bare minimum mm. and scrape by and think, oh, well, I need to write three blog posts a week. So I'll write, I'll write really short blogs that won't take me long to write. <laughs> and think, well, no, it's not going to work, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Just to tick off my task. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it's just about, about that. But, um, yeah, I 100% recommend doing a blogger survey, uh, find out what your readers enjoying and find out more about them and the kind of person they are. When we come back to niche as well, I've said in the course, I don't think niche needs to be a particular topic. It doesn't need to be like fashion or beauty or travel or food. Your niche can be your reader. So say, you know, if you, if your reader is a 30 year old woman, who's just got married and just bought a house. That's a really particular type of person who probably will be interested in um, a bit of fashion and, you know, home design and travel and, you know, all these kind of things. Yeah. that is another game changer as well is thinking about your niche your audience and get so specific but you can still be writing about lots of different things as long as you're writing for that one personist yeah definitely yeah because like as a travel blogger Mm -hmm. it's quite hard because people aren't really interested in travel when they're not traveling Mm -hmm. yeah or when they're not planning a holiday so it's better really to to think about what the type of traveler you want to target and think about what they do when they're not traveling yeah that's yeah and thinking about diversifying because you've kind of led us quite neatly onto diversifying i suppose your topics and Mm -hmm. also diversifying your income as a blogger 
because yeah. I think you do so many different things and you're always doing new things like something that you mentioned the other day and yeah you do so many different yeah well I've just started with media vine as well which is display ah, advertising yes. which is something I never thought of doing because I, I just thought I knew I could make a little bit of money from it but I didn't think it was worth it for having adverts on the blog because I don't really like adverts no mm. one likes adverts do they yeah. um but actually if you've got high page views you can earn a lot of money through it like a lot of money yeah. so it is worth it and yeah, why so, shouldn't you like why shouldn't you yeah. earn a lot of money and I think it's really important to not put all your eggs in one basket yeah for loads of different reasons I don't think anyone should be making their money from just one thing because it puts too much pressure on you and something that Lauren and I talked about was kind of the especially with social media they you don't own anything on social media yeah someone else owns that so it's really important that you don't become too entitled and and spread kind of spread your eggs over lots of buckets as it were yeah definitely and I really like the idea that if I wanted to I could take a couple of months off and I would still have a passive income coming in and that's a really nice feeling I think when you work for yourself and you've got a young family and you know that at times you're gonna you might end up having a week where you can't do any work Mm. and it's nice knowing that actually you don't really need to panic that you have got affiliate income and advertising income and other things coming in that mean that you don't need to worry. So passive income, I think, I feel like it was a really hot topic and everybody was writing about it. And I, well, I think, I'm sure people still are. It's probably more that I was really interested in it. it was really, <laughs> was no, I knew what you mean, income. actually. I it, feel like passive income was really big a few years ago yeah. and then everyone sort of forgot about it. Yeah, but I think yeah. passive income is super, for exactly the reasons that you're saying, but... To caveat that with, um, if you've got lower traffic, you can still make passive income. Yeah. But you have to think about it. There's lots of different ways. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about those, please? Yeah. Um, so again, it kind of, well, from my experience anyway, if you've got lower traffic, I would come back to the whole reviewing specific products mm-hmm. and then getting people who are Googling reviews of that product coming to your blog so these people aren't going to be your regular readers they're not going to be the people who are super engaged with your brand or they could be they could you want them to end up being that but you want to initially track them through a specific product review you've written yeah um and then if it ranks well in google then every single person who googles a review for that that product is going to find your blog and hopefully buy it through your affiliate link i mean that's the dream isn't it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it's about being really specific. Mm. Um, so one thing I mentioned in the course, this is a bit boring, but um, where, when I first moved into my house, we realised we had jo- Japanese knotweed, which is a really like bad oh, weed yes. to have. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I googled like how to get rid of Japanese knotweed, um, and I came across this guy's blog, and there were only like four posts on there about Japanese knotweed, and he recommended these products to buy, and obviously we bought it because he seemed to be an expert. Um, and that's all he'd done. He'd just written about one specific product, really, really niche. Mm-hmm. Like, no, not many other people were writing about it. He was really honest, really straightforward, really trustworthy. And yeah, it, it doesn't need to be too complicated. It just needs to be something you know about. Yeah, and I remember you saying also with review posts, you don't necessarily have to fill your blog with review posts because like you say, they're not always the main and you don't necessarily want to have them be on your front page or whatever. Yeah. Because they yeah. need to be, they should be things that people are coming to your site via Google can find. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe people are coming straight to that site and they're, you know. 
Yeah, so when I write kind of boring reviews, I don't publish it to my RSS feed. So basically it doesn't automatically get emailed to anyone. It doesn't go on Blogloving or Feedly. It doesn't automatically go on Twitter or onto Facebook or anything like that. It just kind of sits there on my blog. I think that's um, a really clever, that's a really good idea. How do you do that? How do you actually, like, for, for people um, listening? So there's a plugin. If you're on WordPress, there's a plugin called um, WordPress Hide Post. Mm-hmm. So when you publish something, you can select where you want it to be hidden. So if you don't want it on your homepage, you can hide it from your homepage. If you don't want it in your RSS feed, <coughs> you can hide it from there. That kind of thing. There's a few other options. You can hide it from your categories if you want. And it's not really about hiding it. It's just not about like pushing it out to people. Because exactly, yeah. let's say you wrote 10 hotel reviews in a, in a row. No one's going to want to read 10 hotel reviews, yeah. especially if it's a destination they don't care about. But if you've got it on your blog and it's there ready and it's really well optimized for Google, you want people to be able to find it when they Google it. That's a really yeah. good tip. And if you're on Squarespace, I don't know how you do that, but I promise <laughs> I will Google it and find out and let you know. <laughs> I've seen your issues with Squarespace. Oh <laughs> I don't think they'll be sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but when you ask about um about when you've got low page views and how you do how do you do it and like i don't want to be discouraging at all but i think if you don't if you do have low page views i would just really put every single inch of you know all of your effort into boosting your page views and yeah. to get a bigger following and getting more posts on your blog getting more google traffic just because when your page views are higher everything's just so much easier it's easier yeah exactly yeah, yeah. i mean so, there, like you say there are ways that you can work around it but why would you want to probably your efforts are better spent trying to get yeah those yeah i think because a lot of people start a blog and within two three months they want to be earning money mm. but really if you wait a year and just put every single bit of effort into getting those page views up wait a year and then yeah it's just easier yeah yeah. And particularly when it's when it's your kind of part time gig, if you want yeah. to make it full time, then spend that year is better spent creating. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, one thing I talk about in the course is if you've got a full time job, don't focus on making money from your blog at mm-hmm. first. Be, enjoy the time when you don't need to worry about pleasing brands and you know writing sponsored content and you know doing things just for the advertising opportunities just just be really authentic and just put everything into just creating awesome content and um enjoy having a little bit of spare income maybe um to to invest back in your blog so say if you earn a hundred pounds a month through your blog invest it back in you know invest in new products and and courses and you know cameras and lenses and all that kind of stuff put it back into your blog to make it even better that's how you how anyone would treat any business. Other business, isn't it? Yeah, 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 you yeah. You expect to earn money from it. Yeah, definitely. But that's the good thing about blogging, though, because you you really don't need to invest anything. It's true. Yeah. To to actually start, I mean, most people have a laptop. Most people have a camera. It's not a big investment to start, but I think obviously the more you start investing, the, the better things are going to get. Yeah. You don't see any like top bloggers shooting on, you know crappy old cameras yeah or even all that whatever yeah that's true i was gonna say that but then you do see some you do see some on their iphones who do really well but that's true but i feel like those people are normally really incredible photographers yeah yeah definitely like iphones are incredible and you can do so much but yeah but But a proper camera help yeah yeah a proper (laughs) camera's always gonna be better isn't it 
Yeah, absolutely. So where can everybody find you online and how can they start making money from their blogs using your (laughs) amazing tips? Okay, um, so everyone can find me at The Travel Hack. So The Travel Hack is my travel blog, and then I also have The Blogger Course, um, which isn't a very imaginative name, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just what it says on the tin. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like, the, the course is for people who are kind of intermediate bloggers looking, you know, who might earn a little bit of money through their blog, but also have a full-time job. This is who I've aimed at. People who have a full-time job and don't have the time to invest in their blog to then take it full time mm-hmm. you know it's like a really tricky time isn't it yeah um so yeah that's that's the blogger course and my main tips for making money um number one be a professional and put everything into everything you do no matter how small it is don't ever think oh i'll just quickly do this i'll just quickly whack up this sponsor post don't you know, spend a lot of time, do it properly, and people will want to work with you again and again. Because when you get repeat business, that's that's what can kind of, you know, really impact your income. Um, so, yeah, treat things properly. Um, try and get your page views up because life gets so much easier when your page views are up. So, really, I would um, write for Google, really. Don't, don't. I think a lot of bloggers invest a lot of time in social media, and social media doesn't necessarily drive that much traffic in comparison to Google. Yeah. Uh, but there's Pinterest as well, but you don't really need to spend a lot of time on Pinterest. You just need to create content that's Pinteresty. Yeah. yeah and it's kind of and doing and um, writing content for pinterest if you've written it for google you've kind of done done the job yeah for pinterest as well i would say yeah exactly as long as you create a pinnable image yeah. that people will pin to pinterest then yeah you've kind of you've got that covered yeah um yeah and i think always focus on the fact that you're a blogger um you're not a magazine you're not a newspaper you're an individual and people want to read about you and I think that's where bloggers have the advantage because we're real people um, and we can be the friend that people don't have, um, giving them advice. And I think that's the kind of tone everyone should try and keep. We are, we're people, we're normal people and <laughs> keep that. And yeah, that's what people read blogs for. Thank you so, so much. And also that was a, a little bit of accidental alliteration. So it's professionalism, personality, page fees, boom. Oh, <laughs> boom. You've summed that up really nicely. <laughs> thanks for listening to what she said if you liked this episode or any of the other episodes then please think about leaving me a rating and a review on itunes because it really helps get the show out to other awesome creators like you and it's a little bit of an ego boost for me too (laughs) if you want to connect with me you can find me over on twitter instagram pinterest facebook everywhere (laughs) at wanderloose blog or just head over to my blog, wanderloose.com, which is also where you can find the show notes for every single episode too. I love hearing what you think about the show, if it's good. And I reply, I try to reply to each and every one of you. Thanks for listening and come back again next week. Bye.